We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, we are uh, united, Zach Kelberman. Holding it down while I was gone over the weekend, along with the help, of course, by Mr. Producer himself, Scott Kennedy. Zach, dude, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend, though, bro? I did. It's always nice. I mean, in this profession, we don't really have a three-day weekend, per se. We're always kind of grinding. But um, it was nice to just kind of pay respect to the country, Chad. It's a, it's a very turbulent and weird time right now. But um, I'm a proud patriot, as are you, and I always enjoy this holiday. Let me tell you something I stumbled onto. So, OG... Listeners of the show and viewers of the show remember that like every stream, Zach, I'd have the Red Bull right to a point where people were like, are you guys sponsored by Red Bull? And we're like, no, but Red Bull hit us up. And then I decided I got to get off of that carbonation stuff and all the weird stuff. Right. So then I got into tea and tea's great. I like a tea. I just like a little bit of a caffeine lift while we're talking. But then, dude, I discovered this stuff. This is not sponsored. Hint water. OK, it's like flavored water, which is normally not my jam. But this is flavored water with caffeine so you're getting the hydration you're getting the energy you're getting the clarity the focus i'm a little excited right now but zach dude i had a phenomenal memorial day weekend that's why we're running late is i was in las vegas at a killer killer music festival and surprise surprise traveling home when you're on a schedule trying to make it for your podcast uh on memorial day itself when people are trying to get home because they got to work tomorrow Turns out you're going to experience some delays. So that's on me. But being that I missed last night, Zach, I didn't want to kick the can down the road and impose upon Scott again. And I and I missed you and I missed everybody else. So I was like, we'll just be late tonight and uh, beg and indulge the forgiveness of, of our community. It's good to have you back. I'm sure, you know, the listeners are OK with you pursuing the uh, the concert and everything you had going on. Tell us how it went, though, Chad. It was fun, dude. It was rad. We got, uh, of course, the penultimate moment of the entire weekend was Bad Religion, uh, p- punk rock bowling. And then, of course, Rancid was dope last night. Uh, and it was a whirlwind, dude. Seen a lot of great music. Seen a lot of old friends. Uh, it was awesome. I'm not a huge fan of Vegas. You and I have kicked it together in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Vegas because I grew up an hour north of Vegas or you know, spent a lot of my teenage years and early adulthood an hour north of Vegas. So I spent a lot of time in Vegas trying to, you know, you know, it's where you'd go for concerts and different things from where I was from. And I just don't like it, dude. I get down there and I feel dirty. I feel like the second I crest that hill and I see that valley and all the smog that I need a shower and that general malaise and that general feeling of filth and like, I don't know, just grossness doesn't yeah. lift until I'm home and uh, well, well away. But the festival itself was rad. Vegas is Vegas, you know, you either love it or you hate it. And uh, I'm just, I'm happy to be home though. You always need a few showers when you get back from Vegas before feeling like yourself, but we're happy to have you back. I'm happy to have you back. (laughs) Talk some Broncos football. Love it, dude. And look, it's not like we've had a a whole ton of uh, breaking news stories that we've, uh, that I've missed over the weekend and, and all that stuff, but there are nevertheless, Zach, some crucial topics to get into. Not the least of which is of course, uh, what we learned recently about two defensive linemen, the Denver Broncos uh, revealed 
who recently underwent off-season surgery. You had the story for us, Zach. If you could break that down for everybody, explain who it is, what it is, why it is, and, and we'll get into it. Yeah, well, they weren't there at OTAs last week, and Sean Payton wouldn't give much, but Mike Kliss dutifully reported, as he always does, that DJ Jones and Mike Purcell, both starters on the Broncos defensive line, underwent minor off-season surgeries, which kept him out. They're going to keep them out probably for a little while longer. It doesn't seem overly serious. They were in communication with um, uh, Sean Payton about their absence, and I researched it, and DJ Jones, I kind of forgot already, he dealt with three different injuries last year on top of a concussion, knee, shoulder, and ankle. I don't know which one of those he had surgery on. It could be either of them. Mike Purcell had... That's almost like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Like, you got me going for a second. Continue. I think that water is kicking in. And Mike Purcell, he had an elbow injury uh, that he could have went under the knife for. But, you know, this gives an opportunity. In the meantime, they have another batch of OTAs coming up. They have mandatory minicamp on the 13th. Uh, maybe for a Wuzurike or Matt Henningsen, the younger defensive lineman, give some reps to them in the meantime. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Both of them are vets. Both of them are pros. And uh, I think, you know, it's it's something that you note. It's something that you go, Ooh, hope nothing comes of this. But yeah. at this stage in the offseason, it's kind of uh, other than that, Broncos fans, I wouldn't get too Worked up over it. David McElrath, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. You know, tonight was unlike most every single night. We we schedule our streams where the stream goes up a couple hours in advance. Conversations get going in the chat before we even go live. Today, we literally create the stream. As soon as I get home, we're live within a couple minutes. So, David, thank you. You're always one of the first to comment. We appreciate the super chat, big dog. He's saying good evening to everybody. Buckham, MHH for life, Denver Bronx for life. You're a prince. Really love you, big dog. Thank you. Uh, also, just a couple other hellos here, and then there, uh, there's some topics I want to get into, including Mike Ronquillo in the house. What's up, bro? Good to see you. Big boy stars throwing down as he is wont to do, and I don't know what we'd do without you, my friend. Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, and the same goes for everybody within the sound of my voice. So I uh, hope you made some memories, had a great one, and of course, celebrated or, or um, commemorated, honored the reason we even have this holiday as Zach mentioned at the top of the show shout out to all the veterans much love and respect thank you um gary palmer the glp the swashbuckler himself i'd like to see what uh zach how gary would fare in las vegas what do you think he holds <laughs> oh he'd be like blue and old school i mean he would kill it out there i would love to see gary out there man hopefully we can make that happen one day most definitely but love you glp saying hey chad zach and scott so good of you all to spend a part of your holiday with us go broncos buckham yeah, dude, it's seriously, it's like uh, as much fun as I had um, doing the music thing over the weekend and spending a lot of time with friends and old friends and stuff like that. Uh, I miss you guys. And so I'm jonesing to get back here and, and be here with you and, and talk football and have a good time. So love it, Gary. Thank you for being here on your holiday evening, too. So Woofy, <clears throat> pardon me, Woofy Malat in the house. What's up, bro? Good evening, guys. MHH, leg hashtag MHH Legends, hashtag Moment of silence, indeed, and hashtag Mile High Salute. Zach, moment of silence. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To the veterans, much love and respect. Seriously. Um, very important and meaningful to our country and all the countries, you know, that have uh, active military, both current and in the past. 
very crucial. But as Americans, obviously, we uh, we we love you. Taylor Christensen, hey, guys. Thank you for the super, bro. Does Denver's defense get better or worse? Here's an interesting rabbit hole. We can go down. Uh, with VJ, Vance Joseph. I hope it at least stays the same, he says, but I wouldn't mind it getting better. Go Broncos, MHH. Life, MHH life. I'm living MHH life, Zach. How about you? But your answer for Taylor. I'm living MHH life forever. Every second, every you know breath of air that I take is for MHH. No, but the VJ thing, it's a complicated question. I mean, I have my doubts. I think we're a little apart on this topic because you were not as skeptical of VJ coming back. Um, I think the defense, again, I said this before, they have enough talent where you can pretty much set them on autopilot. They should be pretty good out of the box, even with VJ as the de- defensive coordinator. I wonder, though, again, is he going to maximize the players to their fullest? How is he going to use Riley Moss? How is he going to use Drew Sanders? How is he going to use Baron Browning? Is he going to get the most out of Randy Gregory? What is he doing on the defensive line? Scott and I talked about this last night. It's a serious problem when your starter right now is Jonathan Harris and you really have no one else reputable behind them. So I'd like to really see the VJ defense take off and maybe field for the second time in his career a top 10 unit. You know, a lot of this, Zach, we've talked about it before, but we're going to have conversations like this where we recover ground we've covered a million times until the cleats hit the grass, and we're happy to do it. That's what we live for. We love that. Um, So I only preface that, what I'm about to say, um, because I've said this before. My biggest concern with this defense, Zach, is not so much who's calling the the signals, all right, who's radioing and who's game planning. It's not Vance Joseph per se. It's what is going on at edge. That's my biggest concern is like, is this team going to have a potent pass rush? Because honestly, in order for a VJ attacking style uh, 3-4 to really work, yes, it helps to have interior D linemen that can penetrate, right? But really, you need to have guys who are going to draw attention and create production on the edge. And I think Randy Gregory has already proven he can be that guy. It's a question of, has he proven he can stay on the on the grass? And the answer to that, up to this point anyway, is no. And then, of course, you know, you get into projection land of, is this when Baron Browning is going to turn the corner and pop? Or is Nick Benito? So you start having to kind of hang your hat on hopes and whims and, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts and all that stuff. But I still feel really good. I don't think this is a defense with a little bit of luck from the injury bug, Zach. I don't think this is a defense that will regress in any palpable way from last season. I think really it's it's probably status quo, if not a little better, unless, and I'm touching wood as I say this, I'm knocking on wood like mighty, mighty Boston's. The injury bug wants to go through and snake bite this team once again. I'll say this. It might be a bull take. It might not be a bull take. If the Broncos defense regresses from last year and they don't have any injury concerns or minimal injury concerns, then VJ should be one and done. If a coordinator like Ajiro Evero can come in 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 his first year as a rookie and and field, for the most part, a top 10 defense in every category up until the injury bug struck, then there's no reason why VJ can't do it being a season coordinator. Uh, There is two ways to look at it. Uh, Through the lens of Zach Allen, who had uh, media availability last week, he was praising VJ, talking about Mm -hmm. how much he loves playing for him and why he followed him from Arizona. But then again, if I made tens of millions of dollars off the back of playing for VJ, what else would I really say? So the proof will be in the pudding. We'll know on the field whether they're legit or not, but they better be, is all I'm saying. Amen to that. Amen to that. Phil McLaughlin, brother, down in Tucson, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, babe. It's wherever you are, and that's where Phil's at. He's saying, evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. Happy Memorial Day. Right back at you, bro. Hope everyone had a great day. And hashtag, of course, thanks to all those who serve or served. Hashtag Buckham. Hashtag MHH for life. Love it. Thank you, Phil. Great message, too, as well. And George, love you, big dog. Thank you. He's saying thank you to all who serve this country. Denver Broncos for life, MH for life. Absolutely, dude. It's so uh, it's so crucial, and there's just the level of selflessness, Zach, that it takes to. Yeah. I mean, I look. I know active duty. I mean, some of our some of our crucial key pillars of our MHH community have either are either active serving or have recently active served. Um, and even though Zach, you know, they they get supported, they get like a paycheck, and they get all that stuff that goes with it. What they put on the line for for 
us, I mean, it's incalculable. You can't even, you can't even measure it in terms of uh, some of the implications. And I stand in awe of people like that. And I just love you. I'm so grateful to have you. And I wish sometimes Zach, like people go, Hey, what would you do with your life? You know, if you could go back in your 18, you just got out of high school, what would you do? Honestly, I might, if I could go back in time with the wisdom I have now and be 18 again, I would maybe join the Navy. I would maybe join the Air Force, like literally right out of high school instead of being the, you know, rebellious kind of dumbass, sorry, uh, that I was back then with no perspective and all that. Because not only are you serving your country, Zach, and helping to, to uh, keep America safe, but, uh, you know, maybe also getting some of that GI Bill, some of the benefits that come with it, see the world. So anyway, that's my advice. Even my sons, I have four sons. OK, we go big here at Jensen, uh, Clan Jensen. I tell them, hey, you don't want to go to college. Some of them don't want to go. A couple of them have misgivings about college. I'm going, hey, go Air Force, Navy, go do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad served in the Navy. I've had multiple members of my family serve. I've never served myself, but I have so much appreciation and respect. And like you said, just awe and wonder at those who either have paid the ultimate sacrifice or are willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. I salute you every single day, but especially today. Thank you all, everyone out yes. there who has been involved in the military. Well said. Well said. Um, all right. I just want to grab this from Kirsten. This is a uh, some props. High school band and I just played during the National Memorial Day Parade in Washington, D.C. It was awesome. Ooh. This sounds dope. If you got any uh, video clips, you should email it in so we can check it out. That's cool. Congrats. Very rad experience, I'm sure. Uh, Tom, what is going on, dude? Been a minute since I've seen Tom in the, in the house. Happy to have such a legendary, mythical Super Chat superstar uh, back in the saddle with us. Great to see you, Tom. He says, guys, I don't know what we're waiting for to get a veteran defensive lineman guy. Also, if anybody wants to give us a fifth or later for Josie Jewell, I, I'd bite you guys the best. Awesome, dude. Love you, bro. Two things there, Zach. So first things first, how crucial is it for the Broncos to go out and hedge a little bit on the D-line by bringing in one more veteran. They have to. I, I mean, we talked about this last night. How do you go into a season? It was bad enough last year when Deshaun Williams was the starter. They're going into this year with Jonathan Harris starting opposite Zach Allen with in between uh, DJ Jones. It doesn't make any sense to me. They're either counting on Harris to make a quantum leap or they're banking on a Wuzurike or Henningsen to really take a step forward. But I'd feel so much better if they just brought in one guy, even Shelby Harris. I know it seems unlikely. They don't really reunite with former players, and I feel like Shelby has a you know some ill will toward Denver, but they need someone there, Chad, someone. I concur, but what are your thoughts of uh, Tyler Lancaster, right, the big nose tackle, the former Green Bay Packer? How much of that uh, itch does his signing scratch for you? I said this last night, I feel like Lancaster and Mike Purcell are pretty much the same player. And even DJ Jones, for that matter, as well. They're run stuffers primarily, and uh, Lancaster doesn't offer much as a pass rusher. He's mostly a nose tackle. They need a true defensive end who can get after the quarterback, point blank. We'll see how it shakes out. As far as the jewel thing, look, you have a little bit of a, uh, we'll, we'll call it breathing room, uh, by virtue of drew sanders but i'm still not quite ready to look that gift horse in the mouth like you know one in the hand two in the bush that whole thing he's a he's a could be end up becoming zach drew sanders a great player but all of that potential greatness is just that it's in potentia right and uh so considering the fact that josie jewel it's a contract year get 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 the value out of the money you paid him last year get the value out of the what remains on the contract Already has a vibe with Alex Singleton. You're not having to rush a rookie into playing time necessarily. I'm not really trying to find a fifth-round pick for Josie Jewell, honestly. Like, you need good players, too. And Josie Jewell might not be a great player, but he's a good player. He's an experienced, solid uh, veteran linebacker, leader, uh, coach-on-the-field caliber guy. And let's not forget, Zach, it's not like his production has been chopped liver. You know, he's had a little bit of, misfortune with the injury bug earlier on in his career but he's coming off a triple digit tackle season in the shadow of the you know whirling dervish himself alex singleton so i want to see what the bash brothers can do together one more time 
I do too. And I've given Josie Jewell a lot of flack. I'm still not his biggest fan, and I think they will replace him eventually, but he's a solid starter, and you can't have pro bowlers at every spot. And I wouldn't want Drew Sanders to be thrust into the starting role and have that much put on him so soon. Let him take his rookie year learning, being a special team or a core guy there, being the third inside linebacker and slowly progress rather than dump him into a starting role all for the sake of a fifth round pick. doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. But you know what? Your opinion, we love hearing it. That's how you're feeling right now, my friend. And uh, that's cool, bro. Michael Davis in the house. What's going on, big dog? Thank you for the super chat. He says, Priest, happy Memorial Day. Speaking of Vegas, he says, watching Josh McDaniels jettison the lineup the jimmy g foot drama uh da unhappy Devontae adams right thank you josh mcdaniels learned nada in denver and i love it. it yeah it's it seems like zach on some level he's not recognizing the lessons or he didn't absorb let's say the lessons that his failures in denver uh should have taught him and that's Look, that's that's how you get wise, right? That's the difference between being smart and being wise is experience. And he is smart. We know that. Josh McDowell, smart dude, very intelligent. But at the same time, some of the smartest people I know are also, uh, paradoxically, the dumbest people I know. Believe it, like in just different ways, right? Like they're super smart, might be bookish, you know, might be uh, analytical and everything. But certain real life stuff, you're like, really? Uh, and maybe Josh McDaniels is one of those guys. I've learned or I've experienced that people who are overly book smart are not really that street smart. And in today's world, you have to have street smarts. You have to have uh, relatability with people and, and player relatability. That's what made Wade Phillips so amazing as a coach because he can relate from everyone to from Derek Wolf to Akeem Tlaib to TJ Ward to Darians. I mean, everyone on that defense and Josh McDaniels can't do that. Uh, that's their problem. I don't really care too much about the Raiders. I wish them nothing but the worst. I cannot wait for week <laughs> one. But this is why. It's not just him. You don't get into cahoots with your best buddies in this profession because who's the GM in Vegas? Dave Ziegler, who was with McDaniels in New England. It's yeah. a total crap show there, and I can't wait to see this, the ship sink even further. The last time he got unfettered access and decision-making to a football club, it ended in abject disaster. And, hey, Josh McDaniels clearly hasn't learned some of those lessons, and it looks like Mark Davis didn't learn anything from watching uh, that era of well, AFC well. West. Yes. Tom, again, thank you, bro. He says, I expect more points, uh, but more time of possession. Uh, turnovers? Turnovers, thank you. I'm sure that's what he meant. And sacks from the defense. Yes, Context clues, crucial. If I would have just continued reading to, and sacks from D, I would have been there. Uh, Tom, yes. Well, that's, again, both, as far as the sacks thing, yes, but it's the cart before the horse. You want to maximize the potential for turnovers. It's all about pressure in the queue, dude. So can the Broncos pressure the queue without always having to rely on sending the house to do it? Vance Joseph, big difference between him and VJ is Vance uh, has a little bit more of a propensity to throw the kitchen sink and send extra rushers. Vic was much more comfortable trying to get pressure with just four guys and playing coverage and all that. And sometimes you're lucky enough to have a D line or an edge group there that uh, can, can, you know, make that sausage for you. Sometimes not in this case, I like it. If you can get the pressure, you've got the ball Hawks, right? You got Justin Simmons back there. You've got PS two. Uh, you got Damari Mathis. Look, you got uh, Riley Moss, who's got some ball production in college. I mean, even Drew Sanders, depending on how much time he gets an inside linebacker. So we'll see which one of those um, happens first. Yeah, you nailed the defensive like macro standpoint there. I'm going to take it a step further and talk about the offense because the defense will be a lot better when they're not on the field every five minutes. When the offense can sustain drive, score points, and put the defense in a position where they can pin their ears back and play with a lead and play with momentum and get after the quarterback, that is how sacks happen. That is how turnovers happen. And that is how games are won. So it's going to work harmoniously. And that's why if it's a sliding scale, like if the defense is top 12, but the offense is top 10, top 11, top 12, that's a playoff team. That's I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing that. Especially a Sean Payton coach team with those two uh, respective rankings. So Exciting stuff when you start thinking about what could be. 
Um, okay, back into the chat. David McElrath, number two super chat this evening. Thank you, bro. He says a veteran active write a veteran active write a check for their life. I'm not sure exactly what he's saying on the syntax here. Donate Zach. to a veteran? Huh? Like write a check, like donate to a veteran? I don't I'm not totally maybe. sure. Yeah, maybe there's Let something else in the chat we missed, but uh yeah, further context on that, David. We're happy. That's that's we we want to hear it. Uh Brent, bro, so generous. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Brent. Wow. Helping us keep the lights on, our super chat superstars and our great supporters on Facebook. Uh, we're here because of you and Brent. Love you, big dog. Thank you. He says, Evening Chad and Zach, I agree about needing edge. Patrick Mahomes kills defenses that don't get after him. Who would you want for edge from the free agent market as it stands? MHH for life. We examined this, I don't know, I guess it's been a couple weeks ago since we looked at edge, so I might as well pull it up. I'm there. I'll just pull it up. Uh, anyone, though, while I do so, Zach, that comes to mind for you? Well, number one, Mahomes is going to kill you whether you blitz him or not. He's that good. The way you beat Mahomes is with your offense. You have to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. So that's why, you know, if Sean Payton, Russell Wilson doing their thing, it's going to help the defense that much more. Uh, in terms of free agents, there's so many. I mean, Frank Clark, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Robert Quinn, Justin Houston. I mean, take your pick of these guys. I would like to have any of them because they would be an instant upgrade on Jonathan Cooper, for example, or Nick Benito. They would instantly take the defense to a next level. Um, okay, I'm there. Let me just do a quick update real quick. It's There we go, finally. Spot track is so slow, dude. Or spot rack, however you say it. <clears throat> All right, let me do... Uh, Share a screen. We'll do some some uh, scratch and sniff together. It's going to be fun exercise. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, stand by in five, four, three, two, one. So here you have the uh, current available rush linebacker slash edges uh, according to Spot Rack. All right. Um, starting with, I'll just list, throw these names out: Zach Leonard, Floyd, Frank Clark. J.J. Watt, who gets categorized as, as an edge, but he's an interior guy with edge retired. production. Um, Robert Quinn, Yannick Ngakwe, Jadevian Clowney. I mean, some of these names I'm seeing, like Melvin Ingram, I would maybe be interested, even though he's getting a little long in the tooth here at 34. Um, Justin Houston as well. I mean, what was it, nine, nine and a half sacks Houston produced for Baltimore last year? Um, so there are some names that as just one more mercenary to help kind of bolster and hedge against Baron, uh, Baron Browning and Nick Benito perhaps not turning the corner or even Zach to hedge against misfortune befalling Randy Gregory. Yeah. I would not hate, I would not hate my, my order of priority would be Houston then Ingram on like relatively like mercenary type deals, dude, like not a whole heck of a lot more than, uh, you know, vet minimum, although maybe that's, you know, way too cheap maybe they're, they'll command more than that but you know i'm thinking back to the type of money that dwight freeney was getting on those one-year deals post indian he certainly zach was not breaking the bank and it kind of i think for a while anyway created a little bit of a uh, market for that kind of thing so who jumps out for you though any of those guys really and i feel like their base salary would be low and they would have incentives for sacks and playing time and this and that so i would not mind a deal structured that way the difference between like the Ingrams and the Houstons of the world, you compare Frank Clark and Ngakwe, Clark's 29 and Ngakwe's 28. Houston, I think, is 34 or 35, and uh, Ingram 34. is 30, 34 as well. So at least if they pan out, you'd have some sort of longevity or potential future with them, but any of those guys would come in and be a massive upgrade and I feel like could thrive in an attacking VJ defense. What about, just for the sake of conversation here, Anthony Barr? former first round pick of the Vikings. Yeah. He's Mid. available. Mid. Um hey, look. Kongbo, right? Jonathan Kongbo still out there. Kongbo's legend. Uh okay. All right. So there you have it though, brother. Uh there are some intriguing names for what it's worth. Lawrence Rivera checking in on Facebook. Great to see you, bro. Appreciate your support as always. He says, "What's up guys? I'm coming in late, but that smallmouth bass, I'm sure I caught today was a big and good for you, bro." Good for you. I'm sure it'll be tasty. Uh, if you're, unless you're, you know, catcher and lease guy. Uh, the Duchess, love you, Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. Had a phenomenal three day weekend. She says, no, 
on trading Jewel. Unless, Zach, it's for a player we need. I agree with that. If they can trade like Jewel straight up for an... I, I don't even know that I would do that because you're trading a starter for a backup. But I get the point you're trying to make here, Michaela. Jewel for a fifth rounder, I wouldn't really consider at all. Um, but the Broncos can have their cake and eat it too. They can keep Josie and sign one of the aforementioned guys to a one, two year deal and really go to war with that defense. And I'll say this about the available players. Frank Clark, I think is my preference only because he would go up against Patrick Mahomes twice a year and seeing Frank Clark in a Broncos uniform sacking Mahomes goosebumps. Yeah, there would definitely be some, you know, poetic enjoyment from that. Uh, I got to close a uh, tab or two here real quick because it's trying to bog me down. I got to get rid of this spot rack. Uh, okay, so uh, I I concur on that stuff. Love you, Michaela. Thank you so much. You know it. Uh, Tom, again, bro, thank you. Because I know it's been a while. So we have not discussed, but I am not playing Javante Williams till he's 100%, not even 95%. Uh, Zach, playing with a lead, imagine what our defense could be like, the, like the Manning years, indeed. Frank Clark says is who he would prefer of that list because he can uh, sure. you can move him along the line, which is true. He can stand up or put his hand in the dirt. Uh, another interesting thing about Frank Clark is you could have a little bit of upside in terms of, you know, he's only 29. Only, I say, relative to the other guys we were talking about. So you might be able to, like, have some upside of two, three, win two, three year window uh, to get some things. And then Tom goes on. Wow. Thank you, bro. He says, Jewel and Singleton are the same player. Good at tackling can't cover any tight end or running back. If one was cheap, it would be different. I understand that outlook. I do. I know what you mean. But, you know, if on a nuanced level, they are different linebackers. Um, so, I don't know. They do have to figure out some kind of a way, Zach, to get better coverage production out of these guys, and that might be, like, asking too much because it's just not exactly their strong suit. But scheme can mask and um, help some of these things in the right situation and – so I don't know. I'm I, I still feel how I feel about it, but that's the point Tom's trying to make here, Zach. I, that's what I was going to say. They're not great in coverage. We all understand that. They know their limitations. It's on the coaching staff to not put them in situations where they'd be one-on-one -on -one with a receiver. I can't remember when it was, but I think it was Singleton matched up against like a dynamic number one guy last year, and it just can never happen. So if the coaching staff uses the players correctly, uses Jewel, the Bass brothers on early downs, and then maybe rotates uh, Drew Sanders in on passing downs or maybe kicks Baron Browning to a covered spot on third down, that could work. Now, this is something with a very generous super chat. Thank you, Michaela. Love it, Michaela that you would perk my interest in. Uh, you know, like I'd be like, ooh, tell me more. She says, trade Josie Jewel for Justin Tucker, who is, Zach, not only does this cat have – literal ice in his veins when the chips are down but he now owns the all-time longest kick record in the nfl uh he shattered the record that was owned co-owned by matt prater and dempsey what was his first name uh, the half foot guy uh anyway so what what would you say though would you be a little more amenable to this or or what it's gonna bother me i can't think of his name um i want to say patrick but that's the actor right um, I think the the Ravens would laugh in the Broncos' face if they pick up the phone and offer Josie Jewell for the greatest kicker in NFL history. But it's a good idea in theory, and uh, the Broncos do need a kicker. So I like the way you're thinking, Michaela. Tom Dempsey. Tom Dempsey. Tom Dempsey. Um, but yeah, it would be fun though. It would be cool. And that's still, you know, uh, unresolved issue for your Denver Broncos. What did you think of the contract, by the way, Zach Brandon McManus got from the Jags? I thought it was very appropriate. Scott and I talked about this last night. It really shows where the NFL thinks that McManus's value is, which is two, three, five, whatever it is, not the four plus he was making in Denver. He was wildly overpaid. And a lot of fans wanted to keep him, keep him around for nostalgia because of SB 50 and the years past, but nostalgia doesn't win games. There's no nostalgia column on the stat sheet. It was time to move on. And for multiple reasons, the Broncos did. But I think number one was the financial ramifications of that maneuver. Indeed. Um, I am not sad. I still have not had really any uh, misgiving over it. It's a, I can understand how some fans, Zach, are a little nervous because there's no resolution and et cetera, et cetera. But I just think that... <laughs> 
he was overpaid. He was not as good as his, you know, McMoney, the McMoney tag people uh, gave him. Though that was from like ancient history, and even then, Zach, even when he was at his peak, the best version of McManus in Denver, like that 2015 season where he did make a lot of clutch kicks in close games. I mean, the Broncos, I want to say won. It was either seven or nine games, right, by single score that was handled at the end of the game or overtime. Outside of that season, man, like, I always just had that feeling when he went out to kick one, dude, like, flip a coin, dude, flip a coin. And even though, obviously, his his uh, success rate on kicks was significantly better than a 50-50, uh, that was just the feeling I got because the kicks that he would miss were either, like, gimme kicks, you're going, really? Or him out there being like, I'm the big-legged guy that kicks in the thin air to boot of mile high. Let me kick the long ones, coach, and then he'd get the opportunity. They never would go in, dude. And I'm talking like, the, you know, the crazy ones. Not, he would hit from 54. He would hit uh, sometimes miss, but mostly hit from those, let's say, 49 to like 55 range. But he was the one pounding the table for those bigger opportunities mm -hmm. to kick like, you know, high 50s, low 60s. Wasn't one of them a 70-yard attempt with Vic? Yeah, I think it was in, in uh, 20, 2019. So anyway, I just think the time was right. And Sean Payton, again, he comes in. He goes, I, I got to set the tone here. I got to make sure that there's one voice. I don't need a, a kicker who you know thinks he's a quarterback. All right, I don't need that. Yeah. So adios. Overpaid and underperforming is no way to go through life as an NFL player. You're going to get cut really fast. And I saw a clip on Twitter when McManus was cut. Uh, he was setting up for, I can't remember the year the game was played. It was the Broncos and the Bengals. And it was to send the game. It was a game-winning kick. The game went to overtime. I think the Broncos lost the game. But it wasn't that far of a, of a field goal attempt. It was like 45 yards. And McManus shanked it so completely wide that Mike Tirico said, not even close. As soon as it left his foot, I mean, it was like 15 yards to the left. So mm. it's been a downhill progression for McManus ever since his glory years in Denver, and it was way, way past time to move on. Um, to segue a little bit here, and by the way, we're at 35 minutes. We started late, so we're going to keep tonight's stream a little bit shorter. I'm sorry, guys, but we will be back, of course, uh, this show anyway, on Thursday night. But So anything burning topic-wise, get it in the chat. Um, Tom says, if I, and thank you for another super chat, bro. He's making up for lost time. We'd love it. He says, I'm not sure if it was, uh, Matt or MHH, I think, or another pod, but what coach would you want other than Sean Payton, uh, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Shanahan, Sean is my choice over anyone. Um, well, I think they're in pretty good situation right now you know i mentioned this phrase earlier about looking the wisdom of looking gift horses in the mouth right and uh none of those names really make maybe andy reed maybe you could have a conversation on that kyle shanahan um he's got some momentum but at the same time sean payton has more skins on the wall relative to the big dance and the ultimate hardware so I'm happy with it, and I haven't really thought in those terms, honestly. Um, but if I had to pick one, if you like put a gun to my head, I would say probably Andy Reid. Yeah, same. A lot of people chalk up Andy Reid's accomplishments in Kansas City to Patrick Mahomes, but they forget what he did in Philadelphia. The guy is a Hall of Fame first ballot head coach. And I would, he's probably the only one I would take over Sean Payton. But the fact that we're having this conversation, the fact that we're having to scratch our heads and even debate who, if anyone, the Broncos could trade out instead of Sean Payton is such an amazing sign for the state of the organization. What a monumental hire that was. Indeed. All right, real quick, uh, Zach, I want to segue to something. Um, what Russell, first of all, I got, I have a question for you. Did you watch the Russell Presser from last week? And if so, what did you make of kind of the tone on the subject of his new position coach, Davis Webb, 28-year-old uh, position coach, Davis Webb? What did you make of Russ's kind of vibe when the subject was broached, his tonality, and some of his little um, kind of <laughs> laugh things that he put in weird parts in this? I'm going to read the actual quote, but it's not the same thing as – 
actually hearing what he said, like there was a part of me, I'll just speak for myself. There's a part of me that was like, is he kind of like laughing about this a little bit? Like, or is it more of a, who would have guessed who would have thunk it type thing where like this guy's my, now my position goes, but there's, there was like a twinkle in his eye. He kind of ha ha at a little bit, kind of smiled big on some things, not in a sense of I'm smiling big. Cause I'm like so stoked and happy, but like kind of an irony, like an ironic tone to it. Did you pick that up at all? Or am I like seeing ghosts here? I think we we read into Russ a lot because take away all the narratives. He is a little bit of a goofball. He is a little bit of a corny, you know, media personality type, at least with the press. Um, it could be the fact that Davis Webb is so young to be a head a positional coach. He jumped from retirement playing last year and to being the Broncos uh, quarterbacks coach. Could be because Jake Heaps, his BFF, isn't the Broncos quarterbacks coach. I'm not focusing too much on tonality or uh, reading too much into it. I think Russell Wilson overall, a 10,000 foot view here. He is completely locked in. He has a mindset shift. He has a physical transformation. He is all in with Sean Payton. Hmm. Here's what he actually said. All right. Uh, What's it been like having your new QB coach, Davis Webb quote, coach Webb going from playing, obviously his knowledge of the game, what he's been able to do to play the game. It's so hard to play quarterback in the National Football League in general. And for him, he's been in different offenses. He's understood how to play the quarterback position. He's an incredible teacher, too, a great communicator. So I'm really looking forward to being with Coach Webb and what he's able to communicate and do for us. He's great out, the, uh, he's great out here. He's been on the field. He's strapped on the pads, Zach, and scored touchdowns in the National Football League. So he's got a great presence, close quote. Zach, did you ever, uh, when you were a youngster, watch the movie, the uh, Pixar movie, Monsters, Inc.? Years ago. There is a uh, little scene with some dialogue where the little green guy, the you know, uh, Mike Wazowski, I know this because my two-year-old is like, it's on repeat, is uh, talking to his love interest in the show. And uh, he's a one-eyed guy. And so he says, when I first laid eye on you, right? And it's kind of a funny thing. Well, Russ here, Zach, is saying uh, he's strapped on the pads and scored touchdowns in the National Football League, so he's got a great presence. While the letter of the law, he scored one. He got one start in his career. That was this week 18, just barely, okay, for the New York Giants, and he passed for a touchdown. So it's like Mike Wazowski once said, Zach, when I first laid eye on you with Davis Webb, it's, you know, he scored touchdown in this league. That's really the context that we should be hearing. But your thoughts on his, on what he said, though? Well, speaking of movies, you've seen Tommy Boy, right? Classic. Of course. Remember the scene when they were filling up at the gas station and he goes inside to uh, get directions and the gas station attendant or gas. Yeah, the gas station attendant like wants nothing to do with him. And he's like, 27 miles away. <laughs> That's what that reminded me of. So but that was pretty funny. Um it's, I don't know. It could be like maybe when you have a boss who's 15 years your junior and you have to call him sir. It's yeah. kind of a weird arrangement, but I just hope that Davis Webb can uh, have, make Russ have more success. Well, the thing to remember, and my, my Dale's doing this big delay thing. Uh, the thing to remember, and then I'll grab Lawrence, is he was hired for a reason. So like it goes back to kind of the overall posture that in, in Sean we trust, right? Well, Digging a little deeper in that, what Sean Payton has actually said about Davis Webb is that when he was looking at hiring quarterback coaches and he was calling around, he's considering candidates on the subject of Davis Webb, uh, his coach there in New York, Brian Dable, Eli Manning himself as well, both just gushed about this kid. And then when he met with them and he found out that the dude has every game plan that he's ever had dating back to high school, logged and saved. Uh, on uh, you know computer probably in a cloud somewhere too and just like the depth of his um you know nuance and all that stuff mixed with his i'm sure relative youth and excitement and enthusiasm to get into the coaching game that's what sold sean payton but he also said one thing and i'm paraphrasing what he was saying but he's also said that we also thought all things considered he would be a good fit here so meaning a good fit, not only with Sean and what Sean wants to do and all that, Zach, but I can only assume he means with the specific guys who are in the quarterback room. 
Well, I'll say this. I, I don't really care for us likes Davis Webb. I, I want to call him Davis Mills so bad, but I haven't yet. Um, I care what Sean Payton thinks. And this is Sean Payton's baby, especially on offense as well. And he's as old school as they come. He takes his um his his insights and what he's gleaned over the years from the Bill Parcells coaching tree and this and that. So for Sean Payton to hire such a young up and comer like Davis Webb fresh off playing an NFL season. I think that speaks volumes as to what he can be as a positional coach. And if he likes it, I like it. Lawrence Rivera again, checking in. Thank you, bro. Saying who peaks, uh, who peaks first, my fishing career or Jerry Judy, not going to lie. He needs to be a number one receiver this year. I've been saying it's his age. But this year and next year are make or break. Make it or break it. Uh, who was it? Just barely. Uh, an NFL.com guy. Forgive me. I can't remember exactly which one it was. But he was predicting big things. Keith Cummings had the article for us at milehighhuddle.com. He's predicting, Zach, that indeed Judy will be wide receiver one. That he'll post triple-digit catches, which you know could only translate to big volume in terms of yards and likely touchdowns, and uh, I think he will be. I think last year he proved to Russell Wilson that he should be his first, you know, his go-to guy, and I'm guessing when Sean Payton arrived here and he looked at the collection of talent at wide receiver, which is considerable, and outside of Sutton and Patrick, who are very similar in what traits they bring to the table, it is a pretty diverse wide receiver room in terms of you get a smart coach like Payton in there and a quarterback who can share a brain with him, and those receivers can hurt defenses in a lot of different ways if you can figure out how to maximize that. But even that being said, Jerry Judy showed last year how he separates from everyone else. Uh, so I think he's going to have a, a big season this year. So unless your fishing career, Lawrence, peaks between now and January, I think Judy probably beats you. I really like what Judy said on the I Am Athlete podcast recently. He described himself as the best route runner in the NFL, speaking of separation. So I like the confidence of where he's at. And again, the sky is the limit for someone with so much untapped potential. We haven't seen the best Jerry Judy, not anything close to it, considering the injuries, the quarterback play, the coaching, all that gets cleaned up. Jerry Judy is a bona fide number one wide receiver, and I'll take it a step further. If he stays healthy, if the offense is better, which it will be, if the play calling is better, which it will be, if the quarterbacking is better, which I think it will be, Jerry Judy will be a pro bowler. Mark it down. Love it. I agree. I am very optimistic and excited to see what happens, uh, what, what the future has in store for Jerry Judy. All right, Tom, we're going to grab this one from Tom. We're at 45 minutes. We got to call it here very, very soon. Uh, Tom, thank you, bro. Going off tonight says, what I thought of Russ's presser is he's ready to go to work. Short with his answers, and you can see Sean's fingerprints already making ways. That's a really good insight, actually, Tom, um, in terms of the influence already kind of revealing itself. Russell Wilson at times, Zach, in year one as a Bronco, would just kind of just go drone on about stupid stuff, like just fluff stuff and – there was a couple points in, in last week's presser where he kind of maybe got a little flowery, but then he kept reining it back in significantly shorter answers. So yes, Sean Payton saying, Hey guys, let's keep our messaging on point. Let's not gush. Let's not diarrhea from the mouth. When we step up to a microphone, let's, you know, be cognizant of certain things here. And if it's already shown in his conduct and demeanor at a freaking podium, what's it going to look like on the grass? There were two words I did not hear during Russ's press conference. And those were, let's ride. Yeah, yeah. So anon anonymous donors, I think, is being taken to heart by everyone. And what Sean Payton did is what we thought he would do. He made Russell Wilson one of the guys. He is one of the 90 on the offseason roster. He might be the highly paid quarterback. He might be the star of the franchise player or whatever, but he is not above anyone. No more private offices, no more catering, uh, no more entourages. You are going to come in and you're going to work and you're going to be the best version of yourself for the team. Not for your brand, not for yourself, not for Sierra, for the team. And you're right with that comment, Tom. This is the Sean Payton effect in full bloom. And what he actually said, real quick, hold on, Mike, I love you, big dog, thank you. 
about Sean Payton is worth also mentioning real quick before we sign off for tonight. Hey, Russ, how's it going with Coach Payton so far? Quote, first of all, I think Sean is one of the best coaches to ever coach this game. He's intense. He's focused. He's such a great teacher of the game. So all of us are learning every day more information, just learning how to play the game the right way, how to practice at the highest level. And that's what we are focused on right now. And it's an honor to obviously, he used a lot of obviously for what it's worth. And I know that's because I transcribed his presser. Uh, it's an honor, obviously, to put on the pads, put on the jersey, and just get to do what I love to do. Close quote. That was honestly, Zach, one of like maybe two things he said in that presser, the whole honor, put on the jersey, get to do what I love to do thing, uh, that kind of smacked of 2022, Russ. Otherwise, he did keep it quite on point. But he did his job, genuflected to the man, Sean Payton. But when he said Payton's one of the best coaches ever, I mean, fact check true. It, yeah. It's just the 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 numbers. It's just the cold hard reality of the fact that Sean Payton is one of the best head coaches of this generation and probably in NFL history based on his track record. So Russell Wilson, he knows that his reputation is in tatters. He knows that he might be coach or playing for his job under a new head coach. And he knows he has to be the old Russ for him to keep that job going forward and make more of those millions that are coming to him. So I'd be saying the same thing if I was him. Indeed. Um, it's going to be fun to see how this takes shape. And I think Broncos fans are finally going to be rewarded for their patience, long suffering. Just got to wait. Just got to suffer a little bit longer, suffer in the sense of, you know, Got to wait till the games are actually here, uh, but it's going to be fun. So we got a few messages, though, guys, and then we're going to wrap it up. Stay with us. That was a tremendous episode, another tremendous installment of the MHH pod. If you haven't done so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself, Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, like Bucka merch, you know where it is, what it is, how to find it. But in case you don't, go to MHHmerch.com and check it out when you can. And if you're on Facebook, obviously, go to Facebook.com slash MileHuddlePod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, go to Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please... Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. A uh, mile high salute and a shout out. Much love and respect to our great Super Chat superstars and Facebook supporters tonight on, on YouTube. We start with Brent P., David McElrath, Gary Palmer, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, Michael Davis, Taylor Christensen, Tom, dude, just going off. Woofy, uh, George Fox uh, on Facebook. And then also on Facebook, Lawrence Rivera, Mike Ronquillo, Phil McLaughlin. Much love and respect, you guys. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Thank you for your patience with us uh, running late tonight. And uh, remember, there is no Broncos for breakfast this week. All right, the guys resume next week. So tomorrow, just make sure you're there for building the Broncos. It's going to be a gas. Wednesday night, Mile High Insiders, and then Zach and I back in the saddle Thursday night, so can't wait. Have a great start to your week. Have a have a ha happy rest of your Memorial Day. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.